Well, hello, Regent. Welcome to the 34th episode of Talk Local. Um, I know I'd say it all the time, uh, and it's not bullshit because I, one of the best parts of this job is being able to meet people that I really do respect, um, that inspire me from a distance. And this guest today was uh, no exception. Uh, today we had Ish Muhammad into the studio, and he is an incredible force. He is a veteran. He is an artist. He is a NIPSCO employee. Um, and he is a mentor. He does a lot for the community, um, and he is an inspiration to us all. And uh, the conversation did not disappoint. Um, it was highly philosophical about art. It was about life, um, his upbringing, um, if in case you were wondering, and um, the Kisa crew, uh, which uh, we absolutely adore here. Um, so the conversation runs about 45 to 50 minutes. Um, really interesting for me. I can't wait to have him back on. Um, so uh, without further ado, here is my conversation with Ish Muhammad. Yeah, we were we were talking a little bit about Puerto Rico and you were showing me that um that draw that mural and you you said something very poignant and that's why I wanted to kind of run in here as fast as possible. Because um being around art as long as you have, I'm sure you can see yourself as like a uh, an educator in it as well. How how important is it to have art in um like areas like the projects or like um those type those form of like areas of living areas? And what I'm learning more and more as I get older, it's very important to have the people from the community be a part of the process of making the art. If it, it's 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 all it's almost like it devalues it if you just come outside into the area and say I'm gonna throw all this art and save the community. It doesn't really work. It's not organic. So it really has to, something, one form or another has to come from inside. You know, whether it's a teacher, and, you know, and just using them, like we do that all the time when we started with graffiti, when we start with the public mural projects, we'll get the little kids. You know, we do that all the time. And, or we'll get the crackheads that, that they'll, for 20 bucks, they'll clean up the whole area for us, you know? Really? And before you know it, they're, they're just hanging out with us. Uh, so we did that a lot in uh, in East Chicago, um, back when we used to paint a lot in, in the in the in the har- in the North North Harbor area, yeah. So yeah, what time just, frame is that? Uh nineties, nineties, two thousand. Yeah, about nineties, two thousand. And you're uh, a former New Yorker. I lived in New York as a child. All right, what yeah. what area? Lower East Side. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a huge fan of New York. Every chance I get to get out there, I do. I've been staying mainly in Manhattan, but now I'm out to Brooklyn because that's where my friends are. Oh, yeah. Brooklyn's yeah. nice. Our daughter stays in Brooklyn. She stays in Bed-Stuy. Oh, really? Yep, Bed-Stuy. Um, what's, the, what's like the real trendy place in Brooklyn right now? Um, Williamsburg, maybe? No, not Williamsburg. Bushwick. Bushwick. That's where my, bu- my buddy stays. Oh, in. yeah. That's all right there. Like Bed-Stuy, Bushwick, that's all kind of. Right there. I couldn't believe how much karaoke goes on in Bushwick. <laughs> I oh, was like well, over it. I was okay. over it. Every bar we went to had a karaoke going on. Um, it, it, it has changed. Um, however, I like being able to catch the train late at night, and it's packed, and it feels safe. I like being able to step outside the train and not worry too much about taking a walk in certain neighborhoods sure yeah so that part that change i enjoy <laughs> yeah <laughs> the last time i was here we got stuck in a subway for like an hour and a half 
Oh, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> because of you know something happens on a rail. Yeah, you know it's just the way it is. And you're uh-huh. stuck with everybody. But I love the culture of that place, and it's one of the things that I feel like we're very spread out in this community, um, just from natural or organic ways. But it's really cool to kind of see like so much focused on every single spot. Right there, yeah. it's everything so concentrated. Yeah, you know, it's, it's con- super condensed, and uh, it's almost like. They forced themselves. They forced themselves to be in a silo. It's yeah, almost like yeah, you got to be in a silo just to feel normal. Because sometimes <laughs> it's like, oh, he's he's Dominican, he's Puerto Rican, he's this, he's that, and I'm like, yeah, but all y'all on the same block. What are you, talking about? <laughs> you know, <laughs> all y'all speaking Spanish. Oh yeah, that's a little different out here. You know, when I first got here, it was some of that, but especially in the harbor. But now it's 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 becoming more and more uh how you say it it's the diversity is it's more inclusive more inclusive that's the word yeah yeah where it's more this is where we're at this is where we're from versus this is my um um a certain ethnic background you know which is important it is important but uh uh i think the inclusiveness it's even more important. Yeah, well, it's like the the more you can kind of generally get ignorance out of the conversation, the better. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's fun. <laughs> sure, sure, especially with Cub fans, right? Oh yeah, it's like a lifetime of ignorance. <laughs> I'll say it publicly. I don't care. Um, so, what age did you come into? The, did you move here? I think I was twelve. Twelve, and so was the art the, the art piece like always a part of your personality. Yeah, I think so. I, I grew up in Lower East Side uh, in in the in the seventies. You know, as a child, that's where your mom lets you go out as soon as you get up and just be home by sunset. So you really got the whole as far as you can go and come back at your feet. So, I mean, I've taken the train hop turnstiles as an eight-year-old to go to Coney Island and hop the train, jump turnstiles and come back as a kid. Uh, and with the lower, if you're familiar with the area, you got Chinatown there, mm-hmm. Little Italy there. Yeah, You got uh, Soho right there. You, so there was already just this big influx of, influx of, uh, of graffiti culture, the punk rock culture, the biker gangs, the Hells Angels Club was right there in, in the Lower East Side. Uh, uh, just the, all the six, all these uh, uh, potentially cultural clashes that actually kind of just infused and became this this new thing. Yeah, you know. Well, that late seventies. It's funny you're talking about how you're running around till the, the lights come on. When that when people look back at it historically and say that's probably one of the most dangerous times ever in New York City. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, cause it's I, wild. I was there during, you know, I was as a kid. I was there during the, during the blackout, the, the great blackout in New York. And uh, uh, but I was inside. My dad was outside. <laughs> he went to check on my grandma. <laughs> Came back to <with> stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, that time period too, Basquiat, right? Yeah, uh, like the early seventies, right? I think so. Yeah, and so yeah. is that any influence on you at all? The whole everything, every everything was there as a kid, so I, I absorbed it all. So like, even from the musical side, you mentioned pop, like punk, you've got like Talking Heads, you've got Blondie, you've got Ramones, all that stuff is just kind of infused into you. Yeah, yeah, especially like 
disco, salsa, and early hip hop when when they were just starting really to 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 just rap over records in block parties where it wasn't even this record is out. So like I remember when the Sugar Hill Gang record came out, I was already hearing it. So it's different for me. You know, it's just slightly different where I grew up as a kid just absorbing just like hip hop as a, as just a, a a street local culture New York not not on the radio uh, uh, just this influx of whatever music the community is listening to and just some doing something different with it uh, uh, something that the youngsters can call their own and a new way for them to express themselves with with these beats does that make sense absolutely oh, okay. well if you yeah. have you seen that hip-hop documentary on Netflix the get down yeah yeah it was like that oh it's crazy yeah. it's awesome and how inventive everything was it wasn't like you know now you, you kind of take it for granted that everyone figured that out but it really wasn't like that like there was no there's, there's like pre-grandmaster flash and post-grandmaster flash you know and then there's all those like early mcs that like just ma- just made it happen that would never have made it happen otherwise yeah it's yeah. wild you know it's it's, it's super interesting because even when the get down just the last episode for me was pretty heavy because the whole concept of hip hop, and you know, they always say the four elements: break dancing, MCing, DJing, and graffiti. But really, for me, the real, the fifth element would be crew. Mm-hmm. The whole, the whole purpose of organizing a team to accomplish something, you know. And even the word crew, when you look at the root word, it's the, it's from the Latin word crecer which means to grow. So the whole purpose of organizing crews is to grow. And for me, that part kind of is it's not emphasized as much because those, those artists that really kind of excel are always part of a crew in one form or another. Yeah, you know, you can they can branch off individually, and you know, and and they should because you know we're all human beings with our own ideas and our own our own kind of uh, uh, personal metrics and, and goals and aspirations, but just coming back as needed, just to grow, it's it's important. Look at Wu Tang. Oh That's, yeah, they're a great example of a crew that they go, they spread out, they do their thing, and they come back. You know. Uh, Probably the greatest hip hop group of all time, right? Yeah, they're good. Who would you put against it? Uh, they're different. Everybody's that's a true. ton of good crews, you know. <laughs> I, I I like I like all kind of different crews. I like Stetsasonic, but they're not around no more. Okay. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you did say something I wanted. I don't want to gloss over there, and I think it's very interesting because when you start defining the word crew. It's really fascinating because how much of a misinterpretation of that culture. Is there, and from like a to keep a distance at it, does that make sense? Does that question make sense? No. So you've got the hip hop aspect of a lot of things, right? And I think you see it materialize in probably the early two thousands with the NBA. That culture kind of like kind of clashes with pop culture okay. in a lot of ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're really talking about the minor like a minority movement coming into a majority culture. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So how much of that is just like when you say the word crew, we just saw it with like, I think it was the owner of the Cavs calling LeBron, LeBron's crew a posse. 
And he took offense to that because, you know, to him, a crew is a positive thing. To Dan Gilbert, it's not. Yeah. And so how much of that misinterpretation of that culture is, is a problem, especially early on for guys who are running in a crew, who are doing things like graffiti, who are, who are playing, who are go- attending um, block parties with hip-hop artists? Is that a real thing? It's, it's real. Um, there's a quote that I love. The devil hides the truth in a word. So, and, and the way someone can say a word with their peers it's almost like a code for something else. So for us, crew has always been, it, it's always been a, a, a we're together to think, we're together to talk, we're together to organize. Now I'm not saying that we're always doing good things. I'm just saying, you know, mind you, you know, when our crew started uh, in 1986, and that's the CISA crew, right? That's the Kisa crew, Kisa, yeah. Kisa, okay. Yeah, I see. Crazy see, Indiana Star artist. Okay. We were all teenagers. You know, I think the youngest member was like 12. So 12 to 17. But we still would, just like we're sitting at this table, we, we would get together, we'd take a walk, smoke a joint, walk the dog, come back and sketch all night. And, 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 and that's how we were growing. And we would just, and we, were, we're not, we weren't necessarily judging each other's work. We would just congregate it together and improving how we draw. And we've continued that. Now really? That we, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now we're a little older. Now we draw on the walls. <laughs> or now we draw, now we draw uh, with words in, in the sense of uh, more project management or more uh, a mentor-mentee. Ment- uh, uh, so an example would be I'll have a project. I might bring one of the members of my crew to help me. Nine times out of ten, I hired him because he knows how to do this, and I don't. I just, <laughs> I just got the job. So I, even though I'm, I got the job. I'm the mentee. He's the mentor throughout the whole process. Interesting. And 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 a lot of them work out like that. You you know they this, how you say it. There's only one sun shines in the sky at, at, at a time. So let that sun shine, everybody catch the rays, and we're going, you know, that's we, go, awesome. we go yeah. on to the next project, and that's how we do it. So um, a good example would be uh, Felix, Felix Maldonado. He did that beautiful Jackson 5. Oh, right? yeah, staple yeah. of the region at this point, right? Yeah. You really? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he needed, he needed Omar to help him complete that mural. Uh, I just did a couple murals, and I needed Omar, Ohms One, to help me complete the mural. And, and, and it's like that throughout the processes. It all depends on what we're doing. Interesting. Know? And so how, long, how many members are in Kisa now? Active, about a dozen. A dozen? Yeah, we got uh, mainly in Indiana, Northwest Indiana, and Indianapolis. We have two members, yeah. And how would you define your art form? And what, do you, what, do, what does your son look like? I'd say post graffiti, post graffiti, because I'm not really, uh, uh, I wouldn't consider myself a, an active graffiti writer anymore. So to, to, for me, for Ish, to consider yourself a graffiti writer, you, be, you really have to spend the bulk of your time um, practicing, writing your name wherever you want. And that's, that's the one thing, and I don't do that. I'm not in the, I'm not in the trains, I'm not, in, I'm not hitting the freights. 
I'm not bombing the walls. I respect all that and I love all that. I'm not doing it. And it's just where I'm at right now. Tomorrow I may change. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But right now, it's it's the for me it's the risk reward. Is it worth it? And um it's it's not worth it. I'm still kind of exercising uh, uh building my name, making sure that ish is a, a a name or a brand or however you say it that's recognized. Uh, uh, and I, my goal, my personal goal is is more beyond walls. Now, my personal goal is is just once again to to continue to expand this in an organic fashion, and not necessarily force it uh, for some short term capital gains. So it's taking it takes a little longer, uh, um, but the roots get a little firmer planted. Sure, sure. And it's hard too, because there's like, you know, you've got the, I I don't want to say the positive of like, because like I'm in a similar situation. Like what I'm trying to do is I consider it somewhat form of art through video for the most part. Um, And I'm really like, like hard about that. Right. Uh Um, And every time we release a video, I feel like it's a part of my, my heart that's going out for the public's domain. Right. But at the same time, there's always this battle between capital, capitalizing on it and monetizing it and the art form. And so it's a battle internally for sure. And it's, yeah, if it's, you can make money, make money. That's that's the that, you know, teach, <laughs> teach me. <laughs> you know, it's just how you gonna what you gonna do with it after that. That's what really counts. Yeah, yeah if you you know make make all the money you can and then do something good with it. Well, yeah. it's hard, right? I mean, you're talking about kind of setting up like a stronger footprint, so so that you can continue to grow, so that the trees can be bigger, right? Um, and at what point, I mean, I guess that's the only thing is like, we're, we're like growing up telling like, you don't sell out, you know, you never sell out. Right. right. And so what point is selling out and how much of it's nece- like a necessity to survive? It's I a think, strange mix. Yeah, it is. I think selling out is when you're actually, when you actually run out of product. Okay. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> you know, I'm sold out. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. I ain't got no more. <laughs> Here, it's just a rehash. Hell yeah. You know, it's just a rehash of some old stuff. But if you're creative, I don't think you can really ever sell out. You know, you may take advantage of opportunities as they present themselves. Uh, but all those are short term. So long as you kind of have good moral fiber and uh, a good ethics about yourself, you'll know when it feels weird. Yeah, and you know when to walk away. You know when it's like, uh, I feel like I'm. I feel like this is not not this is not a true presentation, a re- representation of what I'm trying to achieve or my aspirations. So I need to leave that alone. Sure. You know? Oh yeah, there's uh, a moral yeah. compass in everybody for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and and yeah, and sometimes it's easier to listen to that than others, right? Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, um, when you were talking about like the beginnings of your crew, and I just for the listeners, the people to understand, um, what did that include? I know you're talking about get, sketching all night and kind of feeding off one another, right? The energy, uh-huh. um, the creative energy that's going around that group. Um, does that play itself off in graffiti at that time? Are you are you doing a bunch of trains? Are you doing I mean, anything you can kind of tag? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, yeah. how long is that process? And like, because that seems like you know you're creating a market essentially for yourself, right? Right. As well as teenagers, this was all, it's interesting because my, I gave uh, uh, just a, a short ten minute talk, and as teenagers, we were learning all of that 
through writing our names. Uh, we learned marketing. Mm -hmm. We learned branding. Uh, uh, we learned location, location, location. <laughs> we learned risk versus reward. Um, and we learned how to expand. We learned how to scale. As, and, uh, and it's all through uh, us getting together. It could have started off all of us writing our name on a piece of paper. Okay, cool. We all can write our, piece, our name on a piece of paper and it, it all looks pretty good. Okay. It, but that, that's not enough. What else we're gonna do? You know, teen, yeah. teen, teenagers, just idle time. You find something else, something else to do. And God bless teenage energy. You know, because yeah, sometimes they can be mischievous and, <laughs> and do something that the grownups may not approve. But at the same time, they also kind of challenge uh, adults' kind of hypocrisy, for lack of a better word. Sure, sure, <laughs> you, yeah. You know? Oh yeah. So for us, uh, uh, it was always a. Uh, it's always been a why not, you know? Uh, uh, well, you can't write on here. Well, why not? And then you write on <laughs> you know? And, then, and then, then you just see what happens. And, you know, and as an adult, I, and I, I just want to say, for the most part, you know, we all knew we were breaking the law. So that's something that we were fully aware of. But that's where the, you learn risk versus reward. That's kind of sure. how I started. And and uh, if you've noticed, even now, in in this the, the hometown that we're in, you don't see a lot of tagging because there's there's really no value in us going tagging there at this at this time, you know, But that could change. It's there's just no reward there for us. Right. Yeah. So. So uh, overall, tagging a tagging a streetcar, tagging a train is not as valuable as tra tagging like a, a wall, because it's, gonna it's stay all relative. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's all relative. So like, uh, yeah. so like I just tagged a cool little beer sticker. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. On the door? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I hope so. I hope so. So it's interesting too because it goes from illegal to getting paid for it. And when does that turn happen? <laughs> because it's got to happen, right? Yeah, well, there's there's a saying when when people start to appreciate something, they start giving it value, and it's in especially in a, in a capitalist country, uh, uh, money is one way to express that you appreciate something. So it's it's pretty cool that now we, we're seeing uh, uh, that our work does have some capital value. At what point? That's a hard read because it's all it's all relative on what you what do you want. When I was fourteen, fifteen years old, I'd paint a jacket for twenty bucks and I felt like a rock star. And now in my fifties, uh, uh, as I'm approaching fifty, now I need I need uh, I charge a lot more, but it's mainly because now my time is valuable for me. Uh, it's time that I'm. I'm actually spending away from my family. It's time that I'm uh, uh, I'm spending from work to to complete a project. So now I have to factor that in. So and so far, people appreciate it. So they're okay. They're okay with uh, paying what it costs. So I just have to deliver and make sure that that they get the product that they want. You know? All right, do you see people? Um, do you see more demand for your work than ever? I see it coming, and it's coming. 
faster than uh, uh than I can kind of manage. That's fun though. It's fun because now I'm including more 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 people into yeah. the process. So I'm learning more project management. And that's where the sellout part. You know, I could have easily just kept kept it steady at a certain level and all me, 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 and just kind of keep hashing it out. But if if the environment is telling me, Ish, you got to grow, then that's telling me, Ish, you got to learn to grow. So the last couple of projects, I've really entrusted family and friends to help me scale, to help me with time management, uh, uh, to help me with just general advice as needed so what's some of that advice run with it (laughs) (laughs) i call call my buddy i I call my 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 army buddy my desert storm buddy shout out to chris puff because i was really going through an anxious moment just because i I just i'm telling him dude it's coming from everywhere man he's like just run with it bro and just army talk soldier to soldier you know and it, it, it really helped for me to just take it in. Yeah. And sometimes and that advice comes at the perfect time, doesn't it? It does. Look, I'm sitting here on yeah. Monday, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> October 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good segue because you are a veteran. Yes. And so how much does that shape into your, your situation from growing up and I guess, you know, doing everything artistic, doing everything on the run a little bit, kind of most most kids, especially that age, kind of turn to the armed forces for some kind of structure. Right. Right. And so yeah. how does that fit into you and how has that influenced you moving forward from that? It, it helped. It was for me, it was. Um, it, it was a safe exit from the environment I was in, in East Chicago. Uh, I was a teenager, uh, just graffiti writing, I was gang banging, I was doing a lot of drugs and and my drug usage was getting more and more. Uh, My my street involvement, my active involvement in street culture was just growing as well. And it was either leave or just get totally absorbed in the environment and possibly not be here today. So for me, it was safer to join the army and fight a war than it was to stay where I was at. And crazy. it is crazy, it's very crazy, because when I came back, every, every, everybody from my block that I grew up with was either shot, dead, or in jail. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, um, it's something that you take in. It's like, wow, I had I joined the army to get away and survive and come back. And you know that, do you know you're doing that in that moment? Or is that something that you've just kind of had moment time to like think about? I knew. You knew right I, away? I knew because at, I, was, I was 18, 17. I was 17, 18, somewhere around there. And just... I, the doors were closing. The doors of opportunity were closing. You know, I had, uh, uh, and I wish I could, I, I could remember him to thank him, but I don't remember him. Uh, uh, I was just bumming around, and I, I had a scholarship to go to school for electronics, and I did good, but I was still was I was still too close to the neighborhood. So here I am getting straight A's in college, and right after that. One, I had to bike ride 
through all these different neighborhoods and then, you know, I was skinny like this only because I was biking real fast through the neighborhoods because they were all the opposite neighborhoods, you know? But uh, 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 but it's still, I was still coming back to this environment. So I had not grown up enough to change my, you know, my realities. So I literally had to totally separate myself from where I was at and literally leave and, and, and join the army and be gone for four years to really change inside. And I did get some structure. I, I got some structure uh, um, in the military. I, I grew up in the military. I experienced uh, that inclusive culture because my unit was from all across the country. We had even, even uh, uh, citizens from Mexico that 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 joined the army to become citizens the Virgin Islands as well wow so you got to see just this this broader view of, of human beings and the those silos that we kind of put on ourselves you really get to see how artificial they are once you once you're in a trench you're facing a life yeah, and death once situation a, yeah, once you're in a trench it doesn't matter you know wow. what matters is do you do you got my back? You know do I got your back? Yeah. So is I, that didn't, I didn't mean to get so deep. But no, I love deep. Yeah. Um, Martin is in the room. He knows I I love it. Um, I wish I was stoned to make it twenty times better oh, yeah. for me. Um, but either way, uh, why is the color blue? Blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if yeah, you call blue green? <laughs> <laughs> Is that some of the biggest advice you've given yourself from that experience? Because that's a heavy experience, um, fighting a war, being overseas in a, in a land that you have no recollection of, no no familiarity, um, in the ultimate brotherhood um, yeah. that you could be in. And uh, is that one of the things that you partake in from from like a, like that experience in particular? Cricket. <laughs> it's it's one of them, yeah. It's it's one of them. Uh, probably the biggest one would be uh, uh, stick to your stick to your moral fiber. You know, one you know try to be a good person, and 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 the world will shape itself around you. The universe unfolds based on your beliefs, and I really kind of experienced that. In, in the army, in the military. You know, uh, just, just seeing things unfold and having making a choice. And once you make that choice, seeing how everything kind of changes around that. Sometimes for the positive, sometimes for the negative, but either way it changed. And it may not be a door that you can get into right away, but it's definitely room for you to kind of start walking that way. And, sure. and eventually it opens up even more. Yeah, I know I'm so going abstract. But. No, I'm cool with abstract. So you're saying in one way or another that that law of attraction of kind of believing into the optimism and seeing the world under that guise is as important as anything else. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Uh, you cool. know, especially as a creative being, people don't see as, as, as a creative being, you, you're a visionary. So you have to create what you want people to see because mm -hmm. they'll if not they'll never see it and that is literally the problem with being a visionary 
Yeah, it's it's the biggest downfall, right? Is that you? You're the only one who can see it. Yes, right? and by the time people see it, sometimes, most of the time, they don't realize it came from you, <laughs> <laughs> or that you started it. Uh, it just broke you, my heart. I'm just being honest, you know. That's true. It's it's you know it's a, a lot of a lot of what I'm seeing now, which is a good thing. It's stuff that we've been doing in this area for the last 30 years. And it's great that it's being appreciated. And it's great that there's value being put in it. Uh, it's a challenge to, to ensure that, that we get acknowledged locally for the efforts that we've done. It's, it, it's interesting that crazy Indiana style artists, our, our crew, is recognized as being the state's first Latino art collective, being the state's you know, first graffiti writing crew we knew, first Latino art collective, which is huge, maybe not now, but 20, 30 years from now when the historians are yeah. digging and wanted to do some research on the Hispanic Indiana, whatever, you know, they'll have to come to us or they'll, 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 they'll come to us and it would be much appreciated if some of that can can be appreciated in, in the real time while we're still here. Nobody wants to be a post-mortem artist. <laughs> because it gives us, and here's the reason why, it gives us uh, uh, some leverage to implement more ideas, and, yep. you know, by just getting some of that, that support, whether it's financial, social, leverage, whatever. But okay, you know, so far this is this is working, and you see it's kind of working. Well, these are the ideas we got. Oh, yeah, I know they're crazy, but they'll work. Yeah, you know, and that's right now. That's where we're. That's where I'm at right now, and my wife can testify. She's super patient. <laughs> so is mine. Yeah, but behind it, every great man is a great woman. Yeah, there's no doubt yeah. about that. But eventually, it it comes. It, it just takes it takes long. <laughs> how important, <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> How important is that legacy for you when it comes to your crew and through how how historians do look into it? Is it something you're thinking about daily? Is it a motivator? Uh, yes. Yeah, I have my Moby Dick in Lake County, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yes. wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm Captain Ahab sometimes. <laughs> 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 yeah, we talk all the time in here, and I and I I feel like you know people some some people get it because there's people who think big picture, and there's people who think very small, and I, I you know I, I relate everything to sports because that's what I grew up with, you know, and it's like we're not here to win a conference championship, we're not here to win even like the random state championship. I want to win twenty state championships, yeah. and I want to be a I want to I want to create a legacy. Yeah, exactly. You know, and to mm -hmm. do that's hard work. And it's really just getting out there and promoting and doing everything you possibly can to get your work out. But that's a little tough too, right? It's tough. It's tough. And that's why you need that supportive base that believes in you. And more importantly, that you appreciate that they support you in what you're going through. Because sometimes as creative beings, we can be very selfish and, and not properly acknowledge those who have helped us throughout uh, uh, the way, you know? So you, that's the one thing we just gotta always be aware of at the same time, you know, it's like, hey, thanks. Sure. You know, if, and if nothing else, 
uh, uh, give them something that they appreciate, something that they value. Well, that's a perfect segue into something else I wanted to talk about, and that's okay. helping. And you are a mentor. Trying. Trying? Okay, yeah. good, good. <laughs> I, it seems like you are reaching your hand out and you are helping kids, at least from what I've heard, um, who may have grown up with a similar background. Um, ones that you mentioned yourself that don't all, they don't always get out of, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really important to highlight that whenever we can. And um, how important is your background lead into that? And um, how important is that work to you? For me, it gives me patience. It gives me patience because uh, uh, what's, what can be viewed as uh, just a totally rebellious teenager or a teenager just totally shut down, insulated, kind of excluded from, from the classroom, um, those, those are all opportunities uh, to find ways to engage them and, inc and include them in some form of activity. <clears throat> my, my current project, I'll be uh, uh, working with the Teen Arts Council in Michigan City, and uh, I'll be painting some dunescapes no, uh, for St. Anthony's Hospital. Yeah, <clears throat> so, and so that's, that's, I'm excited about that, and the kids are too, even uh, um, with their, their, their leader, the court, their lead coordinator, lead education, I don't know the proper title, but Hannah, uh, <laughs> when she asked me, well, what are they, they going to do? Well, they're going to paint. Yeah, I know, but while you're painting, what are they going to do? No, they're going to paint the canvas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that. how else can they really be a part of the experience unless they actually can say, hey, see that brush stroke? Right. That was mine. And it just, it takes patience. It takes kind of making sure that they each find their place in 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 the activity in the project and uh, uh as i've gotten older i've learned to appreciate how much uh, uh we as adults need to find ways to be more inclusive of of whoever's involved or whoever shows interest sure you know? and so how do you find out that interest and when you do find that out do you just just go as far as you can with giving them the the, the keys to the unlock the doors of that nah uh, well you, you, I won't give them the keys, <laughs> but I will. Uh, um, I'll create activities where they all have to do something, and then you can kind of gauge who's really into it and who's not. And you kind of have to to find what is it that interests that child, and then have them focus a little bit more on that, and give you know let them spend a little bit more time on what they like to do, but then break it up, change it up again though. Because you have to be able to, in this, you have to be able to do many different things at once, and it's not, it's not always going to be what you like to do. So, if I'm trying to get a good example, oh, one one girl she really likes to paint. So, I know she's and she's super uh, 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 pays attention to detail. So I'm going to have her have her spot, give her about 20 minutes, and then I'm going to move her. And she's not comfortable with that at all. <laughs> and then and I literally told her, and just so you're aware, somebody else is going to be painting right over you. And, you know, and that part, that's the growth part because that's how it is sometimes. You know, yep. you, and, and that's kind of hopefully it works. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, it has to. 
Yeah. Right? At uh, least you got a plan. At least I got a plan. Yeah. <laughs> now at least you could always alter it from there, that's right? That's fun. How, uh, if from, that, from that side of things, too, um, there's a little bit of kind of conforming there, right? Being able to kind of take on what kind of change uh, kind of presents to yourself and being kind of embracing it. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, how long of a lesson did that take for you to learn? And is that being displayed in your art at this point? Well, I was into sports. So it was easy so for played, you? I played sports. It was, you know, it's baseball, football, basketball. You, you know, it wasn't always the same guy that scored the winning uh, run or the winning basket. So that part was a little easy. Uh, uh, and I, was, I never hogged the ball. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was, so I, that part was a little easier for me because I am introvert by nature. So uh, it's easier for me to just kind of step back and kind of view and let other people kind of be active and give them a chance. That's cool. And, and uh, uh, I, I, have, I have two great quotes that I love. And this is, I learned this as a young adult and I really appreciate it. I was like a perfectionist and I, was, I just worked in the stock room and uh, I kept messing something up and I forgot what now. But anyways, my boss was like, "Ish, relax. You ain't doing no work if you make it, if you ain't making mistakes." So I was like, "All right, that's cool." Mm-hmm. And and I still remember what my baseball coach used to say: <laughs> "Keep dropping the ball, and you're off the team." <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a balance there, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you gotta learn that balance. That's so funny. <laughs> so oh. that's kind of how I, how I approach it. It's it's. You know, everybody's going to make mistakes, um, but don't make too many of the same mistakes because now you're just, you're just marking time. You're just being a little too idle, and, and you're actually impacting the group or the crew to the point where the crew is no longer growing. And that is a tough lesson to learn. It is. Right? Yes. And how do you manage that? Because being, I would guess, the forefather of that crew, you're, that's something that you are just – like I'm sure you have your pulse on daily. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you deal with that? How do you manage 12 people in that situation? Uh, not easy. It's it's not easy. So you just gotta. Uh, sometimes you have to take the lead, keep forming, expand the crew, and and engage and include helpers, and eventually create the platform where the crew or, or the team can excel and can tell their story. And that platform doesn't get made overnight. No. That's, a, that's an ongoing process. That's probably every day that you're learning something from. Yep, it is. Crazy. And you mentioned being an introvert, but I wanted to mention another thing as being an extrovert. You just talked at the Insight Conference. <laughs> you were a guest speaker there, right? Yeah. Uh, we love Kevin Brinesma and Joe Gonzalez. Uh-huh. We love those guys. And uh, how was that experience? It was cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed it. I've known Joe for a long time. I've known Kevin. And uh, they've asked me since they started, but I've always been busy. So this year... I was busy, but I really felt I needed to, to I, I wanted to make sure that they were where it wasn't because I didn't support what they're trying to do. So I actually closed my studio. It's third Friday, so it's the money-making kind of day for, for your studio. No kidding. So I closed your wife's my, shaking yeah. her head yes. <laughs> so I closed my studio for, the, for, the, for that month 
to really just to share um, share my story with Valpo, and it was so worth it. it very, and so I really appreciate Joe, Kevin, and what they did. Awesome, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it seemed like a really good group. I had another prior engagement, and I've been similar, man, I've been trying to get to that, and it's just every time it comes up, it feels like there's just something I can't get off my calendar. Um, yeah, but it yeah. just seems like a really cool thing, and I was fortunate to have Martin kind of represent us there, and um, I can't, I, I eventually wanna, wanna go. Yeah, it was, it was fun, it was interesting, yeah. Yeah, um, and you just got back from Puerto Rico. I did, and so what was what was your agenda going there, and um, what was what was the, kind of the final byproduct of it all? I worked for Nipsco, and uh, um, the Nipsco employees organized a fundraiser uh, to help the re- residents of Puerto Rico who have been impacted by Hurricane Maria. So we we did a fundraiser and uh, we raised $10,000. So the NIPSCO employees uh, donated those $10,000 to United Way, and uh, we shared with United Way, hey, if there's a cool project, let us know. We might be interested in, uh, in participating. And which United Way are we talking about? United Way, Lake County. So Lake Area United Way? Lake Area. Love those yeah. people. They're great. Lake, Lake Area United Way. Lisa Doherty was on our yep, podcast. Lisa, yep. Yeah, she's great. Yep, Lisa. Yep. Um, and uh, they came back with a, a, a project in Puerto Rico, and uh, five of us went. We just, we went Saturday, Friday? Saturday, we went Saturday and got back Friday. So the project was uh, Crealte is an alternative high school in Yabucoa, Puerto Rico. So Yabucoa, Puerto Rico, it's a, a, a poorer community on the island of Puerto Rico, and it's one of the communities that was first impacted by Hurricane Maria. So the eye of Hurricane Maria literally went through Yabucoa and Umacao. And um, the project for us was uh, uh, to repaint the school that, you know, so we went out there and that was a blessing. One, just going out there, but two, just seeing how much they appreciated us and they actually like showed us everything that they bought. So that that transparency, just seeing the, where the money went, was was that in itself was a reward. Sometimes, you know, when you give, I mean, we all give with a good heart, and if it goes, if it reaches there, good, you know. And if it doesn't, well, you know, God knows my intentions. But to see it and to see how much they treasured it and to see that it was kind of practical thinking what they bought. They bought a scaffold. They bought ladders. They bought tools. Uh, they bought some paint. Everything, you know, made sense. And uh, uh, um, then to actually help them and help the teacher imp- uh, implement the design that he had for the school uh, was a re- such a rewarding ex- experience. Awesome. Yeah. So to see the impact, it's got to be. Re- I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, to see the impact, we 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 didn't we didn't finish the mural, but we know it's gonna be it's gonna be a great exercise for the students because it's 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 a long mural and it's kind of 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 very rigid in the design, so you don't have much creative license. So. That for me, it was a great opportunity for the ki- children, the students themselves, to learn some patience. 
even when I was working with some of the students, they get a little flustered because they was a little bit off the line, you know? And you can kind of see the angst in them. And I'd just go right behind them, and I'd have them do it, but I'd just go right behind them and say, hey, check this out. Put that over there. Now run that brush stroke. I'm like, and it'd be a perfect line. I'm like, see, it's only paint. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And just to see them clean up their own, what they felt was something that they couldn't clean up, or clean up what they felt was the, where they were failing. It, that, was, for me, was so rewarding to actually offer a way for the kids to exercise uh, uh, correcting their failures was awesome. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. It almost sounds like a, like a, a different form of mission trip. Yeah, it, it was. Sounds it's like a, it's an art mission trip. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh -huh. yeah. I would love to do something like that. I have no art skills. I mean, very little. I'm very basic. I guess it's something I just don't practice enough, right? But I used to, I have sketchbooks and stuff. I used to do stuff all the time, and I fell in love with, like, tracing, like like logos when I was, like, 10 or 11. Oh, okay. Bulls, Hornets, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Celtics, because they were just so detail-oriented. And now graffiti art was always something I relied on. Like, I loved it. And you can always learn different techniques now with the Internet and stuff. It's so it's like, oh, you could put a crown on the L. You could do, like, all these types of things where right. you just never had. I could only imagine what that was like for you. I mean, it's all inventive. It's all inventive, yeah. And, and the blessing is Midwest, the Midwest, there's a, a rich culture in Chicago, of graffiti, Chicago, Northwest Indiana, of, of graffiti art, graffiti writing, where you really don't have to travel too far and really get a good experience of the diversity of different styles, different letters, different colors, uh, uh, different approaches to putting your name up. It's right there. It's right here. Crazy. I, I know we've already been. T I feel like I can talk to you for 20 hours in a row. And so I'm sure you've got stuff to do, but I, I would really like to kind of really focus on one thing. And this is a really important question for me because I have my own definitions of it, but what does art mean to you? And I know that's a super abstract question, um, but how does, how does it, how does it kind of embody your life and your, your persona? Because I don't know where I'd be without it. And especially in confidence. I, I mean, personally, cause you just, you kind of get locked into something and you, you've, you've, there's a lot of challenges inside of that. Um, and there's a real kind of like grow, growth to that, um, yeah. kind of like putting yourself out there, but kind of being on top of it. Mm -hmm. um, so how valuable is art for you and how, how, what does it mean to your life in, in retrospect? Art is, for me, is finding, way, finding ways to be comfortable in putting out to the public what I'm thinking. So it can be, you know, so it could be anything from fashion. You know, you got fashion designers that are artists. Uh, you got, th this right here is a work of art. You know, just talk. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm a big fan of, uh, of um, the moth, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love that. I love talk radio. There's an art to that. There's an art to podcasting. And it's just finding ways to, to, put what you're thinking in a way that more people can receive it. And that's what art means to me. Awesome. Cool. Cool, yeah. <laughs> I won't make you go down this highly philosophical thing, but it's just interesting oh, to hear. Okay. Just hold on. <laughs> uh, where is your shop at? Um, my studio is at the Zobi Art Center. It's in uh, the Bridgeport community of Chicago, cool. 1029 West 35th Street. 
Uh, it's, it's a great art center every third Friday. The studios are open to the public. Awesome. Five floors of studios and galleries. Uh, Sergio Gomez does an excellent job curating exhibitions on, on, the, on the second floor. And the artists do a great job of opening up their spaces for the public uh, and all the other floors. And if anybody out there who hasn't been to like a first Friday or third Friday, it's really a fun experience. It's, it's a little sensory overload. There's usually a lot of people. There's hors d'oeuvres generally yeah. little wine most of the time and you just get a chance to meet the artists you get a chance to buy stuff usually for a pretty good price better than what you're normally going to pay yeah cash is king cash is king <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a really great experience so check that out and that's every third friday throughout the year correct awesome and where can they find your stuff uh at my studio and ishmohammed.com it's a little outdated, but... Uh, I was going to say, I was on that today <laughs> looking at pieces. How many of those pieces are still available? Uh, about five. About five? And yeah. I've noticed it was a little abstract. A lot of that art was abstract. Yeah, that's part of my... That that series was part of my PTSD series. Cool. So, yeah, those are where... I, that's that's an exercise that I use uh, uh, when I I'm, when I'm have just high anxiety. Yeah, because yeah. I, I remember a couple of them have specific names. Correct. Those that that are deal my, with anxiety, right? Correct. Potential triggers. With those, the titles of what I believe may be the the trigger that's causing the anxiety or causing anxiety or something like that. Uh-huh. I really loved that blue and yellow piece. I don't know what it was about the color system there, but it was just one of those that was like I was drawn to. Oh yeah, I yeah. know which one. You, I know okay, I don't know about. what it is. It just made me feel good seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I can't remember girls' names. <laughs> okay, well I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife's not listening. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, no, that's the trigger. That's my trigger. I can't remember girls' names at so, all. No, yeah, I struggle. <laughs> I, watch after this. How come you didn't call me out? Why didn't you give me a shout out? I couldn't remember your name. <laughs> It's awesome. Anything you want to leave the uh, listener with? Thanks, everybody, for your patience. I noticed patience is a theme for you right now. Yeah. Is that how important is that? It's good. It's yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You gotta gotta roll with it. You gotta run with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Right where we started. Uh-huh. Ish, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks. This was good. Check out his stuff at ishmahamad.com. Um, are you on all of the social media platforms? I am. Check it out. Thanks. Artists need love. Pay them. Yes. Pay them. Otherwise, we don't get that kind of culture, and that's just as important. So um, thanks again for coming on, and uh, have a great week. Thank you. Awesome.